uh, point out a few things before uh, we study this morning. Stephen, thank you for leading us in those beautiful songs this morning. Great message uh, in each one of them, and we'll really uh, tie into what we're going to be talking about this morning. First of all, I want everybody to look over here to my right. Uh, our missionary, Brent Nichols, uh, is here from Niteroi, Brazil. Let's give him a big Texas welcome uh, to Lamar Avenue this morning. Brent and Jill and their two boys, Jack and Titus, are here. Uh, they arrived in the States only to find out that uh, the boys, it was going to be time for them to get sick and to kind of get the flu bug and all of that. And so Jill is uh, home with one of the, uh, well, not home in Niteroi, but home, the house are staying here um, and kind of nursing them back to health. But Brent, we're glad that you guys are here and uh, we look forward to hearing from you. If you notice on the bulletin, I want to uh, highlight a couple of things. This Wednesday evening, uh, as you come uh, for the meal and uh, to eat before our classes, Brent and Jill are going to be out in the outreach building. And so if you want to come by and just talk with them and uh, just kind of reconnect and those kind of things, uh, they're going to have time uh, to do that this Wednesday night. And then next Sunday, uh, January 25th, Brent will be speaking in here uh, to all the junior high, high school and all the adult classes kind of have a combined effort that day, and Brent will be speaking. He'll also be preaching uh, that morning, and so uh, we look forward to hearing the good things that God is doing with the work in Niteroi, Brazil, and we just continue um, to love this good family, and uh, what a privilege it is to be able to partner together in this great work, and so I encourage you Keep that work in your prayers, keep Brent and Jill in your prayers, and be here next Sunday so you can hear uh, all the good things that's going on uh, in Niteroi. Then, also on February the 1st, that is Vision Sunday. Hopefully, uh, last week you received a postcard in the mail uh, It says, get the vision, save the date, all of that good stuff. If you did not get this postcard, you need to contact the office because that means we do not have a good address for you, and that means for future mailings that we need to uh, get on the same page with you. And so if you did not get one of those, there's one out on the uh, Welcome Center you can grab. But really, all you need to do is be here February 1st, and that's all that postcard is, is a reminder of that day. Now, I want you to notice the schedule that's going to be taking place that day at 9 o'clock, there's going to be a combined Bible class in the outreach building. That's, again, going to be from junior high, high school, and adults. The elders have invited my dad to be uh, with us that morning to speak during the Bible class hour. And so we look forward to hearing uh, from dad on things that's taken place uh, at Lamar Avenue over the years. And he's going to kind of give uh, some history and kind of go through um, things with Lamar Avenue up to this point. And then at 10 o'clock in our worship time, our elders will be uh, revealing to you and be speaking to us as a church about our new 10-year vision that we are launching uh, beginning that day. And so uh, praise God that February 1st is getting close. And I know the elders are going to say amen to that. But we want you as a church to be here. 
And one of the things I'd like for you to do is I want you to look around on the pew that you sit on. This is just an easy way to do it. And I want you to notice if there's anybody in or around you that normally are here that's not here or hasn't been here in the last few weeks or months or whatever the case may be, call them. Send them a postcard. Find them between now and that Sunday and encourage them. Number one, let them know we have missed you at Lamar Avenue and we love you. And number two, we would love for you to be present on Sunday, February 1st, as we hear the exciting news about our new vision that God has uh, put on the hearts of our people here, and so encourage everybody to be present on that day. And so with all of that in mind, before we study, I'm going to ask us to go to God in prayer as we pray uh, for these efforts coming up. God, we love you, and we thank you for this time of worship today. Father, we give it all to you, and we thank you for the opportunity that we have to call you our Father, to look to you as our guide in life. Father, we thank you for Brent and Jill and their family, and we thank you that they have arrived safe here in the States, and I pray that you continue to bless them, and Father, we thank you for the church in Niteroi and the way that you have blessed that work there. And Father, I pray that you continue to be with the, the mission team that's there. Just pray that you will continue to use them and bless them, Father, in so many ways as this church continues to flourish and grow. And we give you all the glory for that. And Father, I pray that you will be with us here at Lamar Avenue as we are embarking on launching a new vision for this church here. And Father, we pray that all that will be done in the days to come in your kingdom that you will be pleased with and that it will bring glory to you. And Father, thank you for the privilege we have to partner in your kingdom and to serve you. And I pray that you bless all of these efforts and we ask all of this in the name of Jesus. And all the church said, Amen. Amen. Psalm 28. If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm 28. Now, there's one thing that is highly valued today it is self reliance. I mean, people value the capacity in others to stand on their own two feet, to have the wherewithal to fight the fight, to weather the storms, to adapt, to overcome, and to conquer. I mean, it's just kind of like a trademark of our times. And we strive to raise our kids to be independent and self-sufficient and to just learn how to stand on their own two feet. But that is all turned on its head when we begin to consider all the things that we have to face in life. If there's one thing about it in this world, you cannot get through this world on your own. As great a person as you think you might be, and you are, you are not great enough to stand on your own by yourself. If there's one thing about it, we continue to be reminded today of these two things, 
life is still uncertain, and God is still in control. There's a lot of uncertainties about life. But when we realize that God is the one who has gone before us and his son Jesus, and we realize that all he wants us to do is take up the cross and follow him, we begin to see day after day after day, we really can get through life because of God. And we give him the glory for that. Psalm 28 As you look through Psalm 28, it's widely accepted that David wrote this psalm, and some believe that he wrote it while he was being persecuted by King Saul. And so I want you to picture the situation for a moment. David had nowhere to turn in life. He could find nothing to comfort him anywhere because the highest authority in the land was King Saul. And King Saul wanted one thing to happen to David. He wanted him to die. And so David finds himself as he's going through life and as he struggles, he's beginning to wonder, who in the world am I going to turn to? And he begins to realize, I'm going to go back to my rock. I'm going to go back to the Lord Almighty who created me, and I'm going to turn to him. And I'm going to look to him for everything. And that's exactly what he does. And so I want you to hear this cry, this help, this rescue 911, if you want to call it. I want you to hear this rescue call from David to God. He says, to you, Lord, I call. You are my rock. Do not turn a deaf ear to me, for if you remain silent, I will be like those who go down to the pit. Hear my cry for mercy as I call to you for help, as I lift up my hands toward your most holy place. Do not drag me away with the wicked, with those who do evil, who speak cordially with their neighbors, but harbor malice in their hearts. Repay them for their deeds and for their evil work. Repay them for what their hands have done and bring back on them what they deserve because they have no regard for the deeds of the Lord and what his hands have done. He will tear them down and never build them up again. Praise be to the Lord for he's heard my cry for mercy. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy and with my song I praise him. The Lord is the strength of his people, a fortress of salvation for his anointed one. Save your people and bless your inheritance. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. You know, one of the things that David does in this psalm, he puts his enemies in proper perspective, doesn't he? He begins to realize instead of me trying to take all of them on my own way, Instead of me trying to tackle them, instead of me trying to conquer them, instead of me trying to to let them know, hey, buddy, you're not going to do this to me anymore. Instead of him trying to be the powerful person, what does he do? He does exactly what we're called to do even today. He puts them back and he gives them to God and he says, you are the one that needs to take care of these people. 
You know their heart. You know their life. You know their evil deeds. You know all these things that they are trying to do. Now, God, I'm asking you and I'm trusting you that you're going to take care of that. Now, I wonder today in your own walk with God, what is it that you really need to just hand back over to God and say, you know what, God, I've been working with this, I've been, I've been trying and I've been wrestling with this person or, or this circumstance or this situation, whatever it may be, and Lord, I'm finally coming to the point in my life where I'm beginning to realize I cannot do it. And so I'm handing it back to you. And it's almost like God saying, thank you. That's exactly what you needed to do in the first place, Right? But all along, what do we do? Man, we fight it and we wrestle with it and we want to conquer it because we want to be the Superman or the Wonder Woman of the day and we want to be able to say, look at what I did. But instead, what we need to be able to say is look at how great a God we really have and look what he can do with anything and with anybody. And so David kind of learns the hard way and I praise God for his example, don't you? Because we need to hear this. And we need to be reminded that in those times in our own life, in those times in our own walk where we are tempted to take all of life's problems on ourselves and try to take care of it, what we are really needing to do is just give it back to God and let him conquer it and let him solve it. I love the example of Paul in Romans 7. And we find ourselves here a lot. The good that I want to do, that I don't do, instead I do the evil that I do not want. You know that struggle between good and evil? Do you find yourself there every day? And what you're beginning to see is as Paul is lamenting about all of that and he says that wars against my desire to do good. All that struggle that's in there, I mean, we know we want to do good, but as we try to do it, man, there's evil and there's bad things right in front of us and we try to take it on. We try to conquer it, don't we? And then we're forced to say, how well, you just need to turn inward. No, you don't need to turn inward. You need to turn upward to God. Because when you turn inward, you can mark it down. It's still going to be trouble because you can't take it all and you can't conquer it all on your own. And so instead of looking inward, it's time, church, to lay it down, whatever it is in our life, and look upward and give it to God. And what relief that we find. And when that relief comes, you know what God blesses us with? Energy, renewed and revived energy to serve him again because that weight of sin, that weight of grief, that weight of you fill in the blank this morning has been lifted off of our shoulders and we give it to God. And you know what God says? I'm going to carry that for you. I'm going to be the one that not only carries it, I'm going to take care of it for you. Do you realize We fought it tooth and nail, didn't we? Only to realize that God had to send his son Jesus to take care of the greatest problem that we still have today. And what is it, church? We're sinners. 
And the only way that we can be rescued from our sin is the blood of Jesus. That's it. And he gives it to us once and for all, doesn't he? Surely, now listen to me, church. Surely, if he can take care of my sin problem, he can take care of this other problem, whatever it is for you. Or call it a struggle. If you don't like the word problem, call it a struggle. Call it whatever you need to. But surely if God can take care of your sins, he can take care of the other. What a great place to be. David releases. And as he's releasing all of that, do you see what he's doing in his relationship and in his walk with God? He is turning over dependence on God. He's releasing the enemy and he's saying, I want to be dependent on you and you alone. There was a large, there was a sign in a large textile mill which read this. When your thread becomes tangled, call the foreman. Well, a young woman knew on the job whose thread becomes so tangled, she thought, I'll just straighten this out myself. And she tried only to realize that the situation got a lot worse. And so finally she called the foreman. And she said, man, I did the best that I could. To which he said, no, you didn't. Because to do the best... You should have called me a lot sooner. You ever find yourself in that situation in your walk with God? Only to be reminded, you know, if I had just gone to God yesterday, or if I had just gone to God six months ago or a year ago, it would have been a lot easier for me right now, wouldn't it? But hey, we didn't. We should have. We could have. We know all of that. But you know what? God still gives us opportunity to do right. That's grace, isn't it, church? That's mercy. He says, even when you can't do your best, I'm going to help you. That's grace. Even when you don't do what you need to do, I'm going to be there to do the rest. We need that, don't we? And so in Psalm 28, David prays believing. I want you to think about that for a minute. He prays believing you think now Patrick that's kind of a weird thing to say no now think about that have you ever prayed in your mind thinking you know I wonder if God's really going to hear this or I wonder if God's really I wonder what he's going to do with this David's example is I am praying I'm lifting my soul I'm lifting my heart to you God and I am believing that you're going to work That's called faith, isn't it? Maybe we need to have a stronger faith that what we're taking to God, we need to believe that as he sorts it out and gives it back to us, that is his will being done in my life. Now, he may not give it back the way that we would like it. And boy, that's when we like to bargain with God. Folks, you can bargain with God all day long, but it's not going to get you anywhere, is it? So instead, 
when he gives it back to you, count it as a blessing and say, praise God, and look at his will that's going to be done right here in my life. You know, English is perhaps one of the most difficult languages to learn, and partly because we have a lot of tenses in our language. When you look in the Hebrew, the good thing about Hebrew, there's two tenses, complete and incomplete. In other words, something is either decided, it's complete, or it's undecided, it's incomplete. And so when David writes this psalm, it's telling us that he knows that God had already decided the outcome of his prayer. Okay? That's complete. That's good news for us. And so here's some, here's some phrases that I've kind of pulled out that I want you to take with you this week in your own walk with God, in your prayer walk, however you want to look at it. There in verse 6, he says, he has heard. What does that represent? That represents everything that God has done for me in the past. Okay? He has heard. And look what else he says. I am helped. So he hears my prayer. He helps me. Therefore, look at the response. My heart trusts in him. And I love this next part. And I will give thanks to him in song. Though it's not three points this morning, it's four. He has heard. I am helped. And therefore, my heart trusts in him and I will give thanks to him in song. See, I hope you realize this. When we sing songs of praise to God, and we're not just uttering words, are we? We are uttering and we are shouting before him a message of faith, a message that has shaped my heart. Think about it. The old song that we sung this morning, it is well with my soul. Now, how many of you, you have sung that song at least over 200 times, haven't you? I guarantee you have. But do you realize every time you sing a song like that, do you realize something new falls on you every time? There's a lot of folks outside of these walls. I'll even say there's folks inside this building where they're probably saying it is not well with my soul right now. But don't give up because with God there is hope and there is help on the way. Rescue 911. The greatest rescue and the greatest deliverance that has taken place is this one right here when God comes to us to help us. When God sent his son Jesus and that was a rescue more than that, it was a deliverance, wasn't it? And so this week in your prayer life, do what David did. Pray and believe what you're praying. 
even say that. Lord, I am trusting and I am believing that what I am saying to you, your will is going to be done in my life, one way or the other. Now that right there leaves it open anyway, okay? Because Lord, I don't want my will to be done. I want yours always to be evident right here in my life. And so when we pray, we must believe in the faithfulness of God. We've got to believe that he cares enough to act on what we're saying to him. And so I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter 10. The Hebrew writer tells us that you really need to have this boldness about you as you go into the very presence of God because of the blood of Jesus. He says you can think this way only because Jesus has opened the way for us to approach God's throne and ask whatever we desire if it's in accordance to his will. So jump down to verse 19. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure waters. And notice the last verse. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is what's the word church faithful for he who promised is faithful i'll leave that with you this morning god is faithful today he was faithful yesterday and he will be faithful forevermore to you and to all who call on his name. Help is on the way for you. All you got to do is call on God. Think about that. If there's something we can do today for you, we're here and want to do that as we stand and as we sing.